So check this out. I got word that Hulu threw this crazy party in Beverly Hills with literally all of the biggest reality TV stars. I'm talking about all the Bravo Lebs, Candy Burris, Portia Williams, James Kennedy, Jax Taylor, even Captain Lee and Kate Chastain. Here's the genius part. If you want to find out what happened at the party, you have to watch the commercials. Yes, I know I'll be tuning in and then signing up for a free trial to get my favorite reality TV shows at Hulu.com. Curb Your Enthusiasm Season 10 is over, but we are just getting started talking about the Curb Season Finale. And now here are the guys who vow to one day get together for lunch at the Jonah Hill Spite Deli. I am Rob Sesternino here with Uncle Kiwi Akiva Winokur. Kiva, how are you? I'm great. I can't believe it's over. I can't believe uh, the Curb is gone and who knows if it's ever coming back. Who knows? Uh, who knows? Uh, we lost a lot of good Purell last night. Of course, uh, the man who will be joining us at the Jonah Hill Spite Deli, Mr. Josh Wiggler. Josh, how are you? I feel spited because clearly uh, the Jonah Hill Spite Deli was put on this show just to spite me uh, and to like reactivate all of the, oh, is that Jonah Hill? When people see pictures of me, that, that comes No, up. Jonah Hill's got a whole new look. Nobody's mistaking yeah. you yeah, for Jonah. I, Jonah I, Hill's I gone a- Hollywood, baby. I had the frosted tips when I was in high school. Yeah. It was a bad it was a bad look. What Jonah Hill is doing so now. Good. I thought it looked so good. Well, Jonah Hill's entourage is uh leading him astray, telling him that <laughs> that's a, a good way to go. Who's in Jonah Hill's entourage? Is Turtle there? He's probably got his own E, his own turtle. Mm-hmm. You know. Does he have a brother? I don't know. I don't know. I think his brother passed. Oh, okay. All right. Well that's let's true. cut let's cut that out. Yeah. Uh all right. Then uh, so of course, Akiva with the Curb Season 10 is now uh, behind us in the books. The Spite Store itself, Latte Larry's, has come and gone. How are you doing? Well, I'm doing great. Uh, it is sad the Curb's over because I think a lot of a lot of these shows are going to end and there's like nothing new coming up the pike. But I, I, it, Curb is it's great because it is an event because it comes around like once every three years at this point, if not every 10 years, you know? Yeah. So you cherish every episode. Cherish and, it. Uh, like yeah. the cabin. Like the cabin. Yeah. Josh, uh, has the argument about like, oh, there's too much TV to watch, too much peak TV, uh, there's too many shows. Have people stopped saying that yet? Yeah. Uh, in the in the lore that uh, Game of Thrones is built on, uh, there is a, an event from hundreds of years before the start of the show mm-hmm. called the Doom of Valyria. Yeah. And Valyria was this ancient empire that was highly sophisticated for, like, you know, fantasy medieval adjacent times. Uh, they had magic, they had dragons. Things were just really, really bopping along for all the, the dragon riders in Valyria. And then something cataclysmic happened, and uh, Valyria, in like the blink of an eye, was just like wiped off the map. Mm-hmm. And no one really knows what the doom was and what caused it to to go down. But that's sort of like what's happening to peak TV right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like the doom of peak TV Ria. Uh, that like it's like this is this is this is what's leveling peak TV back to maybe what we'll get is like something manageable. Uh, mm-hmm. like if we're if we're trying to be optimistic about this, like maybe everyone's going to be like, you know, maybe we don't all need to make TV shows. And maybe mm-hmm. we just need to get back to focusing on just like a few quality TV shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't bet. I'm not betting that that's where this will go. Uh, but that would be that'd be good if like you go from like just like a vast empire of Targaryens to just like just like the Targaryens. Yeah, uh, might not be the worst thing. Kiva, I've got an idea for a new hit TV show. It's called uh, Celebrities Reading Books. What do you think? Why? What is it like <laughs> celebrities reading books? You yeah, mean because everyone's loud, doing it on Twitter to themselves? Yeah, like, like like Josh Gad is doing on Twitter, yeah. like reading to kids. Yeah, yeah. You know, they gather around the TV and then uh, mm-hmm. you listen to uh, you know, like uh, whoever this generation's uh, you know uh, James Earl Jones is. Uh, maybe it's John Hamm. Who knows? Uh, Could still be James Earl Jones. He's still around. Yeah, yeah. What do you think? 
yeah, I mean, who's are you watching that? Like, let's are, are you the audience for this? That watching celebs read books. <laughs> it would be fun. I, I think there's a lot of celebrities that probably. I'll read I books. A- I'll read books. I'll set up a Patreon and I'll I'll read books. That is the sound. Does, it, does that sound marketable? Would anyone listen to that? Yeah, I think people I don't would think so. Yeah. A lot yeah. of a lot of a lot of celebrities like didn't really go to school because they were acting when they were sixteen. So you'd pr- probably be surprised like how bad many celebrities are at reading. Mm-hmm. So that part would be very exciting. Yeah, it could be interesting. All right, well let's I'd get into uh, the I season. I think you'd have to have somebody who is like picking the book for celebrity, and I think like you'd have to do it like just like uh, a celebrity reads a chapter of a book, and that's an episode, uh, and they have no power over which chapter of which book they are they are reading <laughs> for uh, maximum comedic effect. Okay, Akiva. Give us your review of the uh, Curb season finale. Does Larry always need to lose? Like, I was so rooting for Larry to come out on top for once. Mm-hmm. And at least, uh, spoiler alert for, you know, the the end of the episode, like, at least when they both burn down, it's like, okay, yeah. they both lost. But then Larry really comes out on bottom. Uh, yeah. And there are fun ways maybe they can, yeah. that you, I, I suppose like for on all podcasts, you do not need this to do a spoiler alert for the the show that we're recapping on this podcast outside <laughs> I, of well, like, I, mostly it doesn't. like, hey, uh, just in case this started playing in your feed, we okay, don't know what well, the rules yeah. of anything burn are down. anymore, though. You know, well, it's we're weird to like jump to the, to the end at the beginning, but... And I know it does it does bother you, so I'll try not to do it. But it's just not necessary. What? It's not necessary. We have so many warnings on things. It's mm. we don't need to like uh, enforce that. That's a thing. All right. Uh, so spoiler: we won't do that going forward. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sorry, I, I didn't mean to interrupt your train of thought. No, it's I over. think I, I wish Larry had won. It was never going to happen. I, I think I was proven somewhat right, not mostly right, but like it did. You know the. The Me Too stuff did come back to bite him in the butt in some way. Not that we predicted that she would team up with, with yeah. Mocha Joe. By the way, no dancing or Cheryl in the finale. That's no, actually a little no. surprising. That was wild. That was wild. And I think that that was probably one of, one of my bigger takeaways was I felt like a lot of the stuff we were building up over the course of the season didn't show up. Uh, specifically mm-hmm. that that aspect of it, the the Ted and, and Cheryl, which seemed like it was such a big part of the early going. So like the, the taste in our mouth we're left with is Larry sleeping with Cheryl's sister. And that is the latest on where things leave with with Larry and Cheryl. And the fact that Ted is even uh, financially involved in Mocha Joe, uh, how is he not really having more to do in the final showdown between Mocha Joe and Latte Larry is, uh, is disappointing to me. Yeah, it is weird. The things that they that they did try to close the loop on and the things that, the, that they didn't, because it was a, a pretty serialized season, yet, uh, that there were just things that they just decided not to ever go back to. Like, uh, it, it's, uh, Akiva, I think it's really weird the things that they said, okay, we need to bring this back. And then the other stuff that we're just not going to ever talk about that. I'm guessing it's easier to bring back, and I, I'm sorry, I don't remember the actress's name uh, on the show, but it's easier to bring her back than to get Danson and Cheryl Hines. Well, who's probably. her? Who's her? The, the, the assistant? Yeah, it's easier to get the assistants probably available. Mm-hmm. And Ted Danson, you know, is probably busier, so maybe they just didn't have him. Yeah, but if they you have to budget that out, don't you like you got to budget Danson for well, the finale? It's a like, time thing, him. also, Josh. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. Danson does other projects; he just might not have been physically available. Forgetting about money. Hmm. Yeah, true, true, true. Uh, or maybe can, can they not like shoot a little out of sequence? You know, can yeah. they like can they map that out ahead yeah. of time? Okay. Yeah, like, it was poorly done. However, yeah. they did it. It was, they they sh- it should have one of the episodes with Ted should have been this finale, or it like, could have been mentioned in some capacity. All right, so yeah, that they didn't pay things off, but overall, Josh, did you enjoy this episode? Was it funny? I had a tough experience with this episode. I got to say, uh, I had an unconventional experience watching the Curb Your Enthusiasm finale that I can't imagine too many other people had, but I expect some did. Uh, so I, I was the victim of what I uh, am calling spite scheduling. Mm. Uh, so Curb Your Enthusiasm airs ten thirty uh, on HBO traditionally. Yeah. Uh, this episode, I guess, began at 10, but I didn't know this. And so Mm. 10.30 p.m. rolls around, and my wife and I have been, uh, you know, because every minute counts now. You really want to, like, you want to make sure all your time is accounted for, so you're, you know, you're maintaining some measure of sanity. And 10.30 rolls around, and I'm like, oh, crap, it's on, and we weren't in position yet. So 10.31, we turned it on to HBO, and Larry is with the husband at the hospital and he's just showed up. And so we start watching from there. 
And Emily and I are like, okay, so we probably just missed like the 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 HBO title mm-hmm. card and the introductory thing. And here he is, like taking this guy to the hospital to because uh, his wife's about to give birth. We saw that in the preview. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what we didn't realize, but sort of started piecing together, is like, no, we're actually we're at the last ten minutes of the finale. Uh, but we didn't even know that until it slammed mm. to, to credits after he was with, uh, where he was next door to Mocha Joe, because like the, there was like him with the, with the fire truck behind him. I thought that this was just like riffing on the beep panic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that it was just like playing yeah. with that. What, what's um, the issue is last week tonight normally on and they're not, I taping? don't know. I mean, it's either that or it's, uh, the freaking uh, what was the Avenue Avenue Q or whatever the hell it is. The show with you, with Dr. House, Dr. Gregory house. You didn't watch that? that. That, that seemed like no, that, that you was told me to do it. And then I thought, uh, I, I figured you'd forgotten uh, that you told me to do it. So I never did it. I didn't uh, hear any buzz. Yeah, you probably had still forgotten, but now I'm bringing it back up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, I never watched uh, Mermaid Avenue or whatever it was called. Uh, <laughs> but I, uh, I, I, we started watching it's it. Terrible and it was name like 10:30. if that's what it was called. Mermaid Avenue, great album. Uh, we were watching the show, and then like 10 minutes into it, it was over. We're like, oh, that, that's why none of this makes sense. We're at the end. Uh, mm. So I got spite scheduled. So we we watched the end first. We watched from that scene where where Larry and the husband get to the hospital, and then the episode started up again. And we watched up to that moment. So we watched the finale in machete order. Mm-hmm. Uh, not advisable. Probably my <laughs> least favorite experience watching an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm ever. Yeah. So I can't judge this one fairly. Avenue Five. Uh, avenue Five. Yeah. Avenue Five. Avenue close. Five. I knew there was an avenue in there. Okay. All right. Uh, um, otherwise, it seemed like it was probably really funny, uh, but in some ways, I think a little lazy. Like maybe I'm incentivized to be a little harsher towards this episode because I think HBO did me dirty, uh, and I, I think uh, you can't have the novel cold open mm-hmm. uh, on Curb Your Enthusiasm. You know the the unprecedented cold open on Curb Your Enthusiasm two weeks in a row feels a little lazy to me. Yeah. Like it's not it's not special anymore if you already did it the week before and last week. What a delight. That's such a great thing that we're starting with the Spite Store commercial. And then the finale week just begins with uh, the the you know the the dateline investigation into it or like the Today Show investigation. Yeah, it was into all one it. Today Show segment. I feel like they should have shot that differently. Uh, they should have shot they? it differently. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> so it was just like I felt like it was like maybe like leaning on the same okay. exact trick twice in a row. I didn't like that. So maybe uh, that am, am I the exception? I think I might be the highest on the panel on the uh, the, the curb finale. I thought there was some things that you know that they chose to pay off or not to pay off, but I did feel like that I was uh, you know laughing quite a bit throughout this. It didn't drag. It wasn't boring. I'm just you know my, I'm quibbling with the ending and maybe with the now looking back at the season, which I did really like. Uh, you know that they that they didn't tie stuff up, and if you're not going to tie stuff up, maybe you, not yeah. everything needs to be a season-long, you know, arc. Well, Akiva, I feel like that, if anything, I know you seemed uh, to be uh, not thrilled that did Larry have to lose here, but I almost wonder, I thought that Larry should have lost even more. Uh, I think I would have liked your suggestion about, like, Mm -hmm. does Larry lose everything here at this? And I feel like that that could sort of double as, like, a series finale also if they end up not going back to Curb Enthusiasm, where between between the lawsuit, between everything that happens with, uh, you know, that the art arson and and everything you know what would happen if larry ultimately ends up like uh instead of sort of just that the mocha joe was having a party next door that larry ends up that he is he has lost everything now in this curb enthusiasm season finale and i think that that would either set up an interesting next season or a potential series finale for the show well what if i first of all yeah what if mocha joe ends up with larry's house right that's the spite house uh, mm-hmm. And then Larry has nothing and Larry has to like move in with, you know, uh, into like sh- into uh, Susie's guest bedroom and he's, and he's getting yelled at by by Susie and Jeff or something like, mm-hmm. yeah, that could have worked. Uh, you know, I'd love for, you know, to be sure that there's an 11 season and Chester said at that um, preseason premiere party, Larry was pretty bullish on season 11. He doesn't have much else going on. Uh, but yeah, you know, who knows? Uh, who knows if they'll ever get around to it? So that would have been interesting. And it know, been, that was my idea, yeah. but I like it. It would have been funny to see uh, Larry lose everything because, like, the idea is like when you have all that money, what can't you get away with? And then uh, to set him up to have nothing at the end, and like you have Larry and, and Leon are like living in some sort of destitute situation. Maybe Susie's kicked Jeff out for some reason, so they're once again just the three of them, just like 
maybe parked it on the on like the side of the road outside of the spite house. Uh, and like you could very easily problem solve that for season eleven, where like you can just come back and he's super rich again. Who cares? Uh, but uh, I think something like that, maybe like if they're if they're gonna have him lose anyway, it should be maybe more of a total loss. Uh, a show like Curb Your Enthusiasm, you could just have him bounce back for whatever reason in the next season. Okay, well, let's talk mm-hmm. through some of the parts of the finale. Of course, we had that cult open on the Today Show profiling uh, not just Larry, Latte Larry's Spite Store, but uh, the rise of the celebrity Spite Store. Uh, Akiva, we've gotten to see Jonah Hill's Spite Deli, uh, Sean Penn's Exotic Birds uh, Spite <laughs> Store. Later on in the episode, we see uh, Mila Kunis's uh, Spite Jewelry Store. Uh, that uh, Do you like the idea of celebrities making Spite Stores? I really like this. It's cool that they got, you know, Jonah Hill, Sean Penn, and Mila Kunis for, like, these funny sort of glorified cameos. I thought that was, uh, you know, a good touch. Shows like the show is kind of big time that they could land these, you know, top-tier talent people. It was funny. And, you know, that the first two were just silly. And then the Mila Kunis one, uh, although brief, like, you know, has some payoff to the actual story. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I like that. And should celebrities do it? Of course. All celebrities should try and crush small businesses for struggling businesses. Yeah, Why not? Yeah. yeah. Especially, especially nowadays. A great would be a great look. Yeah. Josh, I did like the payoff with the Mila Kunis thing of that it's, she's got the spite store, but she actually doesn't know how to do anything. No she doesn't idea. have a yeah. trade, uh, just say uh, a spite store, which I guess begs, uh, the question of then how did they drive the other functioning, uh, business out of business? Was it just that they were giving things away or just like undercutting prices yeah i would i would expect so i mean i think that the premise of the spite store and it is fairly modern and and you know relevant is like they're just they're like their their primary business is anger and rage and pettiness uh that's what they're trading on uh where people seem to be like really into latte larry's because it's like oh well this is a great idea to to just like get back you know get some uh investing some money in good old-fashioned revenge so it's almost like you know it doesn't matter the quality of the service you're investing in uh the person who's just got like a blood oath against your your uh your commercial neighbor Mm -hmm. Uh, also i think probably like if mila kunis is opening a store like you probably just want to go and like catch a glimpse of mila kunis uh, or, or Sean Penn, like yeah. hanging out with Mapaz. They were like, oh, I kind of want to see that. that That's they more also work the at the store. counter in the store also. Right, right. So like you really have uh, direct access. If you have any questions about anything that they, you know, performed, uh, you know, their previous work, mm-hmm. uh, like you could ask Mila Kunis if she's ever like felt like really offended by how marginalized Meg gets on Family Guy, <laughs> if she ever takes that personally. <laughs> Uh, if she also believes, like me, that Jupiter Ascending is uh, quietly underrated. Mm-hmm. Um, Very quietly. You know? So Eddie quietly Redmayne that we that don't even know you're talking about. Yeah, Eddie Redmayne, <laughs> an all-star performance in that one. One of the greatest villains of all time, I would say. <laughs> okay. Uh, another storyline in this episode was uh, Larry got injured in the beep panic and then uh, had an issue uh, with the meniscus in his knee. He gets uh, one opinion from a uh, from from his doctor that he needs a surgery. Uh, he asked for a second opinion. Josh, is this real? Do you know about any uh, doctors slighted by asking for a second opinion? I think if you're gonna if you're gonna uh, get a second opinion from a doctor within the same uh hospital like the same floor i think like decorum dictates that you get your second opinion elsewhere uh also why would you want to get your second opinion internally uh when they all may still just be in cahoots they just want to get your your business uh like the whole point i think is to get something as objective as humanly possible away from this opinion that like you want to make sure was the right one yeah uh so i think like there's just that, but because of that, like, yeah, maybe it's going to engender some level of friction uh, between uh, between the the people at the practice. I mean, I know if I had like gone to Doctor Weindorf when I was a kid, and then I went to like his partner at somewhere else in the practice, I think Doctor Weindorf would have been furious. Mm-hmm. I don't think he would have liked that at all. Yeah, Josh, do you feel any of this? Like, for instance, when you uh, write a review on yeah. uh, the Hollywood Reporter, if a person reads your review and then says, ah, mm. "Gotta you know see what, what Seppin Yeah, I think yeah. I gotta go get a second opinion on this. Uh, do you take it personally? I take it personally when it's someone in my life. 
when it's someone in my personal life and this does happen, this does happen. My brother, that piece of shit, <laughs> my brother, my brother always goes to like Collider and superhero hype. And then like he'll send me a link of like, oh, can you believe that this Marvel thing is happening? Like, yeah, man, this is what I do. I do this. Like, I'm like, it's my, it's literally my job to know what you're sending me right now. Uh, before you've sent it, probably days before you've sent it. So that really does grind my gears. Mm-hmm. It grinds my gears when someone in my personal life does that. So in, in that regard, if like, uh, and I have nothing but respect for my fellow colleagues, but if you're uh, my flesh and blood, and let me be clear, I love my brother very, very yeah. dearly, but wow, this is such an annoying thing that he does. Uh, he's like, oh yeah, let me post this thing from Collider. Or like one of my very good friends is like, yeah, I was listening to the this recap about Game of Thrones on The Ringer. I'm like, cool. Do you know who else is Game of Thrones recaps? You know who else <laughs> yeah. you listen to? You ever listen to any Ma- of my stuff? Imagine if you finish the podcast, Josh, you walk out and uh, your wife, Emily's uh, listening to like a different Lost podcast. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. I I mean... <laughs> I don't think I don't think we'd survive the encounter. Uh, <laughs> like I think you know, conservatively, I've probably done a thousand podcasts at this point. Mm-hmm. I would guess. Uh, I would expect them. We've listened to eight. Eight. That's more than my wife. Yeah, I think that's like a wife average. I think that that's yeah. probably yeah. like a par for the course. But she's also not like seeking out Game of Thrones recaps mm-hmm. somewhere else. Yeah. But if like you're my like very close friend, like I've got like a a group of friends that I'm very close with from high school. They're always talking about like the latest plot twist on Westworld or whatever. Uh, and like, there's never ever like, Wiggler, you interviewed these people for a living. Wiggler, you covered mm-hmm. this show for a living. What do you think? It's like literally like, well, I know the best answer to all this. That's literally my job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe I just even ask my opinion. Oh, I'm actually getting very upset. Okay, about sorry it right about now. that. Keith, I feel yeah, like, like you're tapped into the medical community. Is, is the second opinion taboo? I really, I, I think with big things, it's definitely understood. You know, you're talking about cancer treatments, that thing. I think with a torn meniscus, unless you're a pro athlete and you're hearing like, oh, you know, they say he's out for the season and, and you're like, okay, that I think you're not offended. You're just looking for, uh, I don't think so. I, you know, with Kawhi Leonard on the, on the Spurs when, when he was there, he wanted to not play for the Spurs anymore. So suppose, Bill Simmons said he went for like six opinions. He went for like a sixth and seventh opinion until he said someone, found someone who said you could be out for the season. I, I don't know. I don't know if like minor medical things, but I can see if I was a doctor, I'd be annoyed. You know, okay. no, this it is a one opinion shop. You want to go somewhere else? Stay there. <laughs> All right. So uh, this uh, episode also included uh, an arc for Joey Funkhauser. Now, uh, Akiva, has Joey Funkhauser ever appeared on screen before or has uh, Marty Funkhauser's uh, uh, daughter that transitioned? Uh, I know the character has been mentioned, but we've never seen him before on the show. Correct? Uh, yeah, definitely been mentioned. I don't think we've seen This is Chaz Bono. I don't think Chaz Bono has been on the show before. Okay. All right. And so uh, we have this storyline about uh, the Big Johnson community uh, and how uh, Chaz Bono uh, or the uh, Joey Funkhauser uh, wielding a sword that uh, that he does not yet have the training to wield. That seems to be it. That seems to be the argument. Uh, And calamity ensues if you put such a dangerous weapon in untrained hands as i suppose the the hypothesis (laughs) of the career enthusiasm season finale (laughs) now josh larry immediately has concerns about this that uh that uh larry says that uh he foresees big problems uh from this uh that it seems like this is an issue that that uh larry knows instantly that this will wreak havoc yeah yeah, no, he knows it immediately. I, I think that uh, to some degree, one of uh, Larry's underreported abilities is he, he can, to some extent, see the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, you know, he has like a premonition of, uh, oh, this is, uh, you know, troubling portent in, in what I see here. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I, th- I, think he, I think he knew. I think he knew that some, some, something calamitous was going to occur because of this. Akiva, is Joey Funkhauser homeless? Well, it's kind of crazy. I don't know much about like L.A. country clubs that seem very ritzy, but uh, I'd imagine most country club employee, you know, most country club uh, people, their job is not like work part time at Latte Larry's coffee shop. Right. Like, I, I guess the funk, maybe the Funkhauser millions allow 
allow the uh, you know the 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 funk the funk uh, junior to be al- to you know yeah what be, what is the trade able- of the funkhauser family i don't know but it must be family <laughs> money if he's if he's yeah. just in in this country club with you know basically unemployed mm-hmm. yeah because it seems like that joey funkhauser is uh is showering yeah. shaving like living i mean the joey funkhauser has to uh like uh work at latte larry's changes clothes at lot at latte larry's uh in and out of the uh the uniform it just seems like uh that this is like uh almost like a a person who is like a like a permanent couch surfer yeah, just, yeah like, i don't maybe that was like a like hidden some- message yeah. Some purpose and adventure, and you know, uh, a life where they don't have to work, perhaps. Yeah. Now, um, um, I understand that. Uh, okay, that there there are some some issues here in terms of like uh, bumping into things, knocking into things. Uh, okay, but I feel like if if I you know hit my elbow on the table like I, I know that I've that I've uh, bumped into something with my elbow. Joey Funkhauser seems to be oblivious to the fact that, you know, that things are 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 being knocked Flying down. Around. Yeah. Uh, and then not getting up again. Um, yeah, like I think that you would probably have some level of awareness because of the feel. Uh, <laughs> you would th- you would think so, right? I think that the feel, the 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 sense of touch would probably alert you to uh, an errant watch flying uh, from uh, basin to floor. Yeah. Kevin, do you think that Joey Funkhauser is showing off with this robe that won't stay tied? I, I Listen, there's no, he should be proud of it. I think there's no, you know, there's no doubt that uh, it, I don't know if it's like a full, in, you know, intentional uh, flashing, but I think it's like, well, what do I care? You know, I got nothing to be embarrassed about. Yeah. So why does the robe need to be zipped up? So I, I was really disappointed that we did not get to see a meeting of uh, the Big Johnson community. Uh, when when Leon mm. teased that there was a, you know, a, a meeting that happens, uh, there are officers, uh, including uh, Horsecock Williams, the president. Yeah, yeah uh, it's true. Uh, I have I have a pass if you guys want to go. So, yeah. you know, happy to lend it to you if you want. <laughs> I, I, I have was, it on, on uh, it's loaned to me, obviously. It's not yeah. my uh, Leon uh, briefly mentioned to Joey Funkhauser that uh, Joey Funkhauser was welcome to join the meeting. Uh, I'm disappointed. We I wanted to see the meeting. We could have seen it at the end of the episode when Larry's being distracted. Like, what if, like in his house, there's a Big Johnson meeting going on, and then and then next door it's Latte Larry's uh, Mocha Joe's party. Right? They could have both been going on at the same time. We could have at least seen a glimpse of it. Okay. Uh, another big storyline here is that Larry is calling out the, uh, the 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 different rescue workers, uh, ambulances, fire trucks, Josh, that are uh, abusing the siren, uh, riding around with the siren on, going to get coffee. Yeah, I think if uh, maybe and maybe this is why it's a good thing I I am not in a position to operate with any kind of like siren that causes you to to move over to the side of the road because I I think I would probably flagrantly abuse this power as well. Uh just like knowing myself well enough to know that if I am in some sort of uh you know official business vehicle that when when the lights come on you're like oh god an emergency is occurring uh, like I would use that to get to the bathroom quick. I'd use that to to get to the pizzeria in order to make sure my my food is at the right temperature. Uh, I would definitely be one of the one of the people that Larry is raging against. Akiva, did you see where this was going with uh, Larry's uh, uh, problems with the emergency services? No, I didn't realize that. I mean, these things usually like come back to bite him in the butt, but I didn't that I didn't have an exact prediction on that. But it was pretty funny that he he ended up uh, you know helping his own store burn down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, well, big action sequence at the end of the episode, Josh. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was a very uh, you know I wonder like uh, what was like the uh, the budget that was spent on um, you know on stunts. This is one of the probably one of the stuntiest sequences in Curb Your Enthusiasm history. I gotta imagine. I'm like my I'm just trying to go through the rolodex of Curb. It, they've had like bigger budget stuff, I'm sure, but like. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there a is there an action sequence that even rivals this? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Not with like effects like this. No, 
Yeah, it was, it was a lot. And then it was a weird payoff to a lot of the things in Latte Larry, like the tables being bolted down and all of the Purell in the stock room. Uh, of course, the like the self-heating cups, uh, the toilet, no toilets. Uh, not the payoff that we were expecting on on, on a lot of these things, Josh. Yeah, uh, I, d- I did get a note from uh, your friend and mine, everyone, uh, Antonio Mazzaro, uh, who says, how-, how can you introduce Chekhov's penis guillotine and not cut off Joey's penis in this episode? Yeah. Like there's there's stuff like that that just did not did not pay off. Uh, and but in some ways, I mean, like the ridiculousness of what Larry was doing did pay off uh, where I-, I thought it was very funny when the fireman says like, uh, like you really want to be careful because like uh, this looks like arson, man. Like it, like you <laughs> did everything uh, that I would advise someone to do if they wanted to intentionally set their business on fire uh, was was pretty great. That was pretty good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's not the way it ex- like I expected it by any by any measure, but I, I I thought that like it made sense certainly like logistically of like yeah, it's no wonder that like Latte Larry's was like an inferno trap. Yeah, um, <laughs> I a did. Lot going wrong there. I did like Larry with the fireman at the end of the episode, uh, where that you know they're just watching the whole thing burn down, and Larry uh, ends up saying, uh, uh, "I knew that big penis was nothing but trouble." And the <laughs> firefighter's like, "Excuse me, like I, I, I knew that big be- like Larry's like not uh, no nothing. It was nothing. It was nothing. He was like, uh, you know, that needed to be said a second time. He's like, no, I, I heard you. Uh, that would have been a funny episode name. I, I know it's a little bit of a spoiler, but it would have been a really funny episode name. Yeah. So, uh, big big problem there uh, with uh, Joey Funkhauser. Where I, that? What do you think that uh, Larry's reaction to Joey Funkhauser uh, ultimately was uh, when he ran into him, Akiva? I, I, one of the interesting things about this episode is that Larry uh, walks a bunch of tightropes, bo- both with uh, with Joey Funkhauser and with Will and Tara, the right the the couple that's about to have a baby. Yeah. And both times you're like nervous the whole time. But even when Larry says something completely offensive to Will and Tara, like Will is on his side and Tara's not. So it's not like how dare you, monster, and we're leaving. Yeah. Uh, so L- Larry was able to thread the needle here. Yeah, what Larry like outside the show when he saw uh Joey like it might have been a different time. I don't know how uh how long ago uh this happened off screen. But Larry, yeah. Larry's very supportive. They went out of their way to show like I'm I'm 100% supportive. I'm just nervous about uh you know about some side effects. Yeah. All right. Let's talk a little bit about the Tara and Will uh, subplot, which, you know, uh, that some interesting bookends. And I, and I don't know if this is intentional or not, Josh, uh, that the, the season started with uh, Larry ending up, uh, you know, talking to the woman on the treadmill who was giving birth in that episode he ends up running into her uh in right. the in the maternity ward of the hospital which ends up uh, where we end up uh, ending in the season finale but in the opening sequence uh larry and leon are comparing the, the shades yeah, yeah, I, yeah, be- yeah i believe that larry uh or, or leon described himself as mahogany and uh then leon described larry as oatmeal yeah, like uh, white skin is only uh, varying shades of cereal, right? Was the, <laughs> yeah, hot the, cereal. That was the point that they came, they came to there. Uh, yeah, like I, I do think that the finale connected back to the premiere um, in some ways that I didn't expect, but it in, in ways that like made me wonder, like why why did we spend so much time clearly setting things up across the rest of the season uh, that weren't going to connect to anything. Uh, mm-hmm. Like it, it was just like this sort of a, it, was, it was sort of a bizarre bookend to me that the that the conversation between Larry and Leon uh, ended up becoming more of a plot point in the finale as uh, Larry is being pretty offensive uh, to this couple, uh, especially with when the baby is born. It's like Kwame, the mm, light for a Kwame. It's like Jesus, Larry. He said that yeah. I I I was aghast watching that. I I was mortified seeing him say that. That was awful. <laughs> And you had no con- you had no context yeah, because that's probably no the first thing you saw. It too. It's like, are you? What is this? It mm-hmm. made a lot more. It was kind of like um, watching the finale for me. It was almost like watching uh, like Memento. Uh, like you, <laughs> you knew the ending, but you didn't know how you got there. Uh, so, like when I finally saw him, like with the family at the beginning of the episode, I was like, okay, this is this is at least a little bit better. Yeah. Um, were you surprised that uh, that Will allowed Larry back at his house uh, to uh, for the conversation that takes place where they sit on the daybed? 
Well, I, he thought he was doing him a favor, bring back his watch. He didn't realize he was giving him a broken watch. Why could Larry at least try and get that watch fixed? Why I, never try and do anybody a big favor like this? Why was Larry taking this on? There was no upside. Worst case scenario, best case scenario, Will's watch gets fixed. He forgets who Larry is in a week. Mm-hmm. The worst case scenario is this. Uh, that he has to, you know, uh, like, you know, bring back a broken watch. I did like the daybed stuff. I've seen, you know, you see a lot of half couch, half, you know, I like that he called it a centaur. Like, how do you sit on those? It's obviously that was cartoonishly big, but it was funny. Yeah. No, I, I thought that that was wild that Larry would volunteer to do favors for people. Uh, it He's been like- doing this, though. This is like, you know, he, uh, he gave uh, What's Her Face a ride last week, even though he knew that she had had the diarrhea. Well, it always uh, goes could, poorly. Why does he keep yeah, doing it? He can't help himself. It's a compulsion. Uh, I guess like he's so. fascinated in the human experiment. Um, we did have the return of uh, what? What was the name of Larry's assistant that, that ends up coming coming back? Oh, I don't remember. Okay, uh, Alice, maybe. I yeah, don't know. maybe. Uh, she she's back here. Uh, Kiva, that I I know that this was kind of the return of the sexual harassment storyline, but I almost feel like that it was a very it was a very very watered down version of this. It's like she was back, but I almost feel like that um it, it, there was almost other than she was suing him, but I feel like that there was almost like uh was without a lot of like the the context of what had happened before. Yeah, if you had just seen this, like, if you had just seen this episode, maybe not the first couple, you would have been confused. Uh, but I, I also think, like, yeah, maybe we could have seen two episodes ago, like, hey, you know, she, do we know she has amnesia? We knew she was maybe in a coma and then she came out or something. We knew she had amnesia, right? Yeah, that uh, was, was it part, mentioned. That was, I think that they, that was, that was when the lawyer, like, kind of like waved the case away. It was like, she survived, uh-huh. but she doesn't remember anything. Yeah. So the case is good as dead. Yeah. Um, and she and Mocha Joe end up uh, hitting it off together. Uh, that was a, a surprise. Oh, happy ending for Mocha Joe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, ultimately, uh, I, I I think I'm less uh, annoyed by how much uh, Larry lost than I am by how much Mocha Joe won. Uh, yeah. I don't like I don't like uh, that the show ended with Mocha Joe. Uh, Mocha Joe in- won the week. Yeah, he did. And I, I don't know that I feel great about that. I think if he was going to win the week, if he was going to be the winner of the finale, then I at least would have liked it if his uh, if his mother had been around uh, to celebrate with him. Uh, <laughs> Mocha think, Jane? Yeah, I think Mocha Jane deserved That's her name, uh, right? To, yeah, she deserved to be at that party for sure. <laughs> she she certainly uh, did deserve to to be there. We would uh, we hope Mocha Jane is uh, is is doing okay right now. Yeah. For sure, you know. Yeah. Um, Stay safe, Mocha. Mocha <laughs> Joe did uh, tweeted us this week. Uh, did? A listener, a listener said a curb your enthusiasm question for Round Howard Keith twenty six and Rob Sesternino. In last week's episode, at Ted Danson mentions that he was in Becker. So, do Becker fans who visit Mocha Joe's think that the pro- uh, proprietor, who looks a lot like Severio uh, eight twenty five, who's who's uh, Severio Guerra, uh, Mocha Joe in real life, does he look a lot like Bob in Becker? I guess I guess uh, Mocha Joe was a character in Becker. And he said, now you're getting all philosophical. Smiley face Whoa. emoji. Hmm. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Uh, I'm looking forward to the deep dive with Mocha Joe for uh, our yeah. follow-up podcast. <laughs> People are we'll really like, you know, demanding more, more Mocha Joe. Mocha Joe spinoff. Yeah. Yes. Um, Akiva, what do you think of Mocha Paul Shear this week? Mocha Joe show recap. You know, Paul, it's funny. The character itself, I was thinking, like, why was he here? But th- Why was he there? But then you really think about it, and he was very key. Because they set up – the fact that they set up that there's a house – for sale next to Larry that he's selling it as a realtor. There's not Paul Shear doesn't have a ton to do. I feel like the whole league family was his wife on this season. Maybe I, I think she might have been. Oh, and, um, I don't think so. Uh, I she know not, oh, she was on last season. Yeah, she was definitely on. It. Yeah, she was on last season. And Nick Kroll was, of course, so like the whole league crew. Although I don't think the Zook man, I don't think Manzuka has been on this season. Hmm. Uh, I've been on has the show. Has he been on Curb? Yeah, I was going to say like that. I don't that, think so. That's got it. That's a season eleven bucket list. I yeah, they know. have to have Manzukas. Yeah. his energy would be great for life. He'd be great. But anyway, yeah. uh, not an amazing character. Polshier can is good at playing like a smarmy guy, but uh, it definitely paid off well. Why did Larry antagonize the guy who was selling the house next door to Larry's house uh, so much, Josh? I think that he he must uh, it must really irk him if there is a bothersome Baldman. Uh, you know, if there is a Baldwin that he can't abide, that means that this person must be some uh, at, at some truly severe 
level of intolerability uh, for, for Larry to not abide his fellow Baltman. So I think it was like really just like an indication of how terrible Paul Shear's character was as far as like Larry's expectations of uh, not just another Baldwin, but humans in general and the people that he he tends to associate with. Uh, so it's just a, an, another antagonist to throw Larry's way. Was there a way, though, to, to do this same thing with a character that had been established earlier in the season? I would have liked that. Like, Paul Shear is very recognizable and just, like, having him kind of, like, airdrop here, in here at the finale was, uh, was a little strange for me. Okay. Kiva, any other thoughts on the Curb uh, finale? Um, not really, not a ton of Leon in this episode. He didn't win the week. Like we said, I didn't, we didn't get a ton. Uh, we didn't get like one classic moment. I don't, I like this episode. I didn't hate it. I don't love how it ties in, but just as a standalone episode, I did enjoy it, but I will say there wasn't like one incredible laugh out loud moment. I guess my favorite part was probably the, the first, you know, few minutes of the today show stuff. I really like the Jonah Hill, Jonah's deli and Sean's talking birds. Yeah. Uh, I feel like that the investigation, uh, piece did go on a little too long going back and forth mm-hmm. about like uh, yeah. Larry wants an apology, a heartfelt apology with the pocket square. Uh, I thought that part did, did drag a little bit. I thought it was funny when he made fun of the pocket square and he's like, if you said like you didn't like my coat, I wouldn't take offense. He's like, I don't like your coat. Says, Is that so? <laughs> uh, That's good. Yeah, that's good. Uh, Josh, anything else that you want to say about the curb season finale? Uh, no, uh, just again, uh, I, I had gotten some feedback from, from the great Antonio Mazzaro, uh, and he, he felt like, uh, there still wasn't enough, um, uh, respect paid towards Marty Funkhauser. He's, uh, <laughs> towards the drought too, uh, that Jeff Schaefer of Kirby Enthusiasm had, uh, uh, said in an interview with, uh, my colleague, Jackie Strauss at the Hollywood Reporter, uh, had said the, po- the passing of Bob Einstein will definitely be addressed. It was a real shock to us. We were obviously also sad to lose one of the funniest human beings on the planet. We thought that there was actually a chance that we were going to get him back. He had, uh, he had been on the upswing, and we thought we were going to get him back after Christmas, but obviously that didn't happen. We had saved a lot of scenes because we wanted him in the show as much as possible. We had written stories specifically for him, and then we had a lot of sad narrative gymnastics where we figure out a few things on the fly. It was doing a thing you didn't want to do for a terrible reason, but he's definitely addressed and certainly missed. And Antonio said, is it just me? Or does a one-liner about Marty being in China, which is all, all we got about Funkhauser not being around, not qualify as definitely addressing the passing of Bob Einstein? Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was Antonio's take on all of that. Uh, my question is, so Funkman would have filled in, obviously, for Freddie Funkhauser, for all the Freddie Funkhauser stuff. Um, would we have found out, would it, would it have been Marty Funkhauser himself instead of Joey here in the finale? Who uh, Funk being a card-carrying a member of the of the Big Johnson Club? Uh, would he have burned maybe down? Maybe that Lotte was Larry's? one of the ways they honored him of saying maybe. That that but was, I can't. Yeah. yeah, I can't imagine that they would have had the the Funk Man be uh, an employee at Latte Larry's. But maybe the club part oh, yeah, he could have been him. Like Larry, for you, I'll do it. I'll do mm-hmm. it. You, you want me to work for you? I'll do it, Larry. Mm-hmm. I'll work. I'll work. I'll work the register, Larry. Just like old times when I was a young boy. Yeah. Uh, I can, um, Kiva, that uh, respect mm-hmm. the drought, uh, the callback to uh, respect the wood, uh, but didn't really pay off. That was that something that they were trying to like uh, thread the needle of. Also, maybe the drought contributed to the lack of water to be able to put out Latte Larry. Uh, I, I mean, if the if so, it got cut out. I'm not sure. I I don't know. Maybe like the drought was much more. Po- you know, the drought might have been happening when they were filming this more. I don't know. Yeah, like the LA drought of a couple years ago was a was a bigger deal then than now. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. There you go. Uh, so uh, that is uh, the Curb Enthusiasm season ten. As we now close the books on this, Akiva, what a high point and low point for you? Ooh, I, the low point I think is the artificial fruit. Some of those lawyer scenes were pretty low. Um, I'm, I, I'm trying to think, Josh. What's uh, you, what, Josh? You go first with the high point. I got to think I mean, for a the, second. The high point for me it was a very high bar to clear from very early on. It's just that very first scene and the, the conversation between Larry and Leon, uh, and then Larry snapping the selfie stick in half was just such a mission statement um, that, like, I laughed about that for a solid week afterwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say, aside from that. Uh, favorite non sequitur of the season that I ha- have fully begun to integrate into my life is uh, 
can you, do you only eat anchovies on pizza or can you eat those things loose? Uh, still cracks me up. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like the genius of JB Smoove to come up with that on the fly is just uh, absolutely outstanding to me. The John Hamm stuff I thought was hysterical. Um, I think uh, a lot of the stuff that happened in the the episode when they when they go to Timothy Oliphant's wedding was pretty funny. Um, and then I think some of the low points is like that, that like, man, this is how we're going to leave things with Larry and Cheryl. I'm pretty bummed about that. Um, and just, I think maybe the finale just was a little underwhelming to me, but again, I can't fairly grade it cause I got spite scheduled. Uh, <laughs> it's just not, it's not the show. It's not necessarily the show's fault. Uh, and I'll never be able to grade it fairly on its own terms. Yeah, I think that this was a fun season of Curb. I, that it was better than last season, yeah, uh, by, a, and, by a lot, I would say. And I feel like that it was. Uh, I think that they get too much caught up in like the big arc of uh, the season in terms of like the big idea of yep. you know be a fatwa the musical or or things like that. Where I feel like that this was for the most part a uh, pretty small stakes in Latte Larry, and I think that that allowed them to be able to tell a lot of smaller stories, which I think were were very fun along the way. So if they do another Curb Enthusiasm, uh, I feel like that they don't need to you know go with some sort of like a huge project that's that's going on even the the spite store itself uh mm-hmm. was uh, w- was was fine and uh maybe if anything you know you don't need a season-long arc for the story yeah i'm with you yeah there was hey, no so. like uh there were very right. few season-long arcs on seinfeld no there's one yeah so um there you go all right a- anything else that we want to say here today what a pleasure it's been, gentlemen. This is <laughs> Always an honor. An, an honor, honor and a journey yes, podcast with good. your gentlemen. Josh, you have so much stuff coming up on post-show recaps. Uh, that uh, What's the update on all things Josh Wiggler? Uh, as, we were, uh, as we were recording this, uh, the, a bonus episode of Down the Hatch was released. It just tweeted it out. Mm, it, is, uh, the, it is the second episode of the, the special edition, limited edition, Lost RPG, where Mike Bloom and I participate in uh, a, a role-playing game dungeon mastered by the great Rich Filiberto, our Philly here on the mm-hmm. internet, uh, where Mike and I assumed the roles of background survivors from the crash of Oceanic 815 and uh, hijinks ensue. A very ridiculous podcast, two and a half hours of pure nonsense has just dropped. Uh, so check that out. There's the first episode we recorded all the way back in like October or something. It's linked in the show notes there if you wow. haven't heard that one yet. But Rich does a very admirable job summing up those events very helpfully for both the listener and for Mike and I who had no recollection of what we did in the first episode. Uh, so that's it, up. Do you think you love your children more than Josh loves Lost? Yeah. Uh, maybe a Probably few weeks not, ago right? I did, but you know, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> right now I'm pretty much ready to, you know. Send him to a three month summer camp or something. <laughs> there's few things. There's few things I love more than Lost. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like, uh, like maybe it's Emily and pizza, and that's your probably dedication all. is unmatched. Uh, yeah, so- Ro- Josh. Imagine this is what I'm going through now. Imagine if like all movies went away and you just couldn't watch movies. That's I what's feel, happening I to feel me for right you. now. I, re- I really, really do. I mean, I, I'm very, I'm very lucky that you know. Uh, you guys didn't build me into a sports fan yet because otherwise maybe I'd really yeah, be let's hurting. table that one. Yeah. Let's mm-hmm. put that on, yeah. put that on, uh, on, on the shelf for the time being. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's more lost podcasting coming this week. We've got, uh, what Kate did is the next episode. We're recapping. We'll try. Oh, we know not what Kate to, did. Yeah. Yeah. I not know. Good. We'll not try. a good week for what Kate we'll, did. We'll try. It's more we'll like try, what she didn't uh, do. Yeah. We'll try to not indict her for her, uh, her performer's actions, but, mm-hmm. uh, we may not well, be able to criminal. stop herself. Uh, that's true. Kate is a criminal. That's right. And that's the episode that we're watching. Uh, yeah. So we're watching that. Uh, this is obviously wrapping up. Better Call Saul is still happening. Westworld, Walking Dead, all of that is happening. Uh, Jess and Mike are still doing Star Trek Picard. I think that that is wrapping up this week as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a very, very, very busy post-show recaps time is uh, is is still afoot. Rick Devins and I actually are going to be uh, podcasting together this week on post-show mm. recaps. Uh, he's uh, the, the movie dun, dun, The dun, Hunt. Dun, dun, dun. The controversial movie The Hunt has arrived on demand and Rick and I are going to talk about that. And I'm sure nothing wrong will occur as a result. Uh, so keep an ear out for, for Rick Devins and I doing a movie podcast later this week. Oh boy. Yeah, I know <laughs> it's gonna be great. It's gonna be great. All right. In the wiggle go. room, of course we've got the wiggle room coming up. We're going to record that a little bit later today. Uh, and the top chef podcast over yes. at reality TV, rehab ups. Uh, I'm in your ears. If you want me, you know, I'm around. Well, okay. I'm very around. 
So uh, very around Howard. Very around Howard. Uh, Akiva and I dropped a three-hour podcast uh, this mm. weekend also where we had the Bracket Bracket, where we took ideas from the listeners and uh, people felt it was March Madness. Uh, Ali Lasher and Randy Newpol joined us for that podcast. Uh, I know Akiva does not ever listen to podcasts that he's on. Akiva, I listened to the entire three-hour podcast. Oh, my God. And did you enjoy it? Yeah, I did. I, I, I enjoy it. Can I ask you a question? Sure. Why did I mean you were on the podcast? Why did you listen back? Uh, well, I always am striving to improve okay. my performance. Well, now, give me give me two tips right now. I won't take them personally. Tell me two things I could do better. I <laughs> uh, no, you're perfect. You're perfect. I only listen mm-hmm. to things I could do better. Okay, and uh, one thing Allie could do better. <laughs> uh, keep coming up with more things that sh- that you tell her in private that she could reveal on podcasts. No, oh that's, fine. that's that fine. she's not doing that enough. So mm-hmm. uh, that, that that was very fun. And, and honestly, on a, on a on a, a show like that, like with there's like four or five people, like I, I find I don't absorb everything in the first. That's true. Time yeah. So when there's two people on a podcast, like if it's just me and you, Rob, I, I don't have Twitter open. I'm always listening to you. But sometimes if I know, like, all right, R- Rob is talking, and then he's going to throw it to Josh. Like I right. can look up this guy on IMDb, whatever. So sometimes, yeah, you don't really absorb it. Uh, but were you rooting for a different thing? We won't spoil who no, won. No, I, I wasn't. I wasn't <laughs> rooting that the podcast outcome changed. Yeah, we. But uh, but did you, do you think pretty wild that, if that had happened? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you think we made the right decision now, listening back to the podcast and and preparing for the next weeks? Um, it, I'll 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 say yes. I'll say yes. But okay. I, I don't want to like uh, again. The, now we're talking about spoilers for a different podcast. This is yeah. different. Like we're like it'd be one thing if this was Renap, and then we were talking oh, about. Oh, so week's look who's episode. so strict about spoilers. Yeah, all of a sudden. It, 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 if it's one podcast. <laughs> <laughs> if, that we, you just use a spoiler alert for things we're going to talk about in this podcast. Yeah, yeah. This is a, I'm this gonna, is a spoiler I'm free podcast. About Curb. I'm going to miss the infighting. Yeah, well, that, you, there's still more of that on Robin Akiva. I know. Need a podcast. I have like a mm-hmm. front row, like participatory seat here. It's like sleep it's, no more. Yes. Uh, it's much I get to, like, nicer than. Yes. It's much calmer than the 32 fans infighting, which doesn't happen nowadays that much. But Chester and I would have some real like knockout fights back in the day. Yeah. I need uh, to start picking a, more fights with my co hosts, I think. I don't think so. I don't think That's it's your thing. Resolution. I think your thing, your thing is being nice. Don't you yeah. should not pick pick that up. I for leave me. that. I, I leave like, that stuff for off the air. But I'm like a mm-hmm. real sob off the air. Yeah. No. No. I'm. I'm very. I think. I mean, Rob could could disagree. I think I'm very easy to deal with off the air. I'm never getting into fights with people. I'm pretty laid back. Yeah. We're the reverse. What do you think, <laughs> Rob? You're disagreeing. Uh, am I disagreeing with what? No, that I'm. I, Josh said he's diff, He's very easy on the air and difficult to get on. You know, sometimes he's tough on people off the air. I said I'm yeah. very easy off the air. I really never have uh, like annoying. Like, hey, you know, like don't do that. Yeah, or, I mean, I think that uh, you're both very on point. Okay. Yeah. I don't know what that means. Yeah, I don't disagree with anything that either of you are saying. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'll take go. that. Uh, yeah, thirty-two fans this week, by the my, way. Uh, <laughs> yeah, thirty-two All fans. Right. We're we're wrapping up the greatest Seinfeld character. We are continuing a rewatch of uh, Survivor. I, I I was given a couple Survivor questions to ask you, but I could do that. This isn't a Survivor podcast. I could do that off. Uh, okay, sounds good. Off pod. All right, all right. Let's try to wrap wrap this up as my kids are voices are getting yeah, louder and louder oh, and, and oh, louder. God, yeah. go, see, go, 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 when go. you listen to the podcast, see if you can figure out the times when I had to <laughs> stop to go and, and yell at my kids along the way. There's some good deleted yeah. material. Well, Rob actually sure. left in. Josh yeah, and I talking. Probably. Left in. All right. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening. Take care, everybody. Have a good one. Bye.